in, in tone therapy, we've got something that is both, um, we've created a, a space which is both uh, safe and intriguing. So we, we, we can solve the, the, some of the discomfort problem with mindfulness meditation, and then we can also solve some of the boredom aspects of it. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the first part of my interview with Michael Jolly. My next guest is the founder of Solu, maker of Now Tone Therapy, a sound meditation device. Before Solu, he designed a range of professional and consumer audio products for motion picture sound, home theater, and recording studio use. He has a background as a musician, an on-air announcer, and radio business development executive. But he's also been immersed in the study of metaphysics, focusing on the intersection of sound, listening, and consciousness. His name is Michael Jolly, and you can find the Now Tone Therapy system at nowbysolu.com. There's a lot to unpack here, but Michael's enthusiasm for audio and its proper use is something I really think you're going to enjoy hearing. If you're one of those people that's extremely sensitive to sound, I think this episode will validate and soothe you. I know Michael understands your pain. First off, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me because I'm really excited about this topic and, well, many topics we're going to cover here, but um, particularly I love that you uh, are creating something for tone therapy that seems so very effective and I love it. Uh, but I wanted to ask you first off, what's the earliest memory you have of sound and, and how that moved you? Yeah, thanks for having me here, Jody. Um, uh, earliest memory of sound. Uh, I think the earliest memory is hearing um, multiple foghorns playing at the same time up in uh, uh, seacoast New Hampshire. Uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, so it's at the mouth of the Piscataqua River and uh, the Atlantic Ocean. And on a very foggy day, I'm about um, five, I think. And the fog was so dense that I could barely see the uh, rental home that we were staying in a um, 100 feet away. So it was a safe space. You know, I was nearby my home, but I was playing on this big rock that was shaped like a kind of like an oval-shaped rock, and I'm only as tall as the cattails. And I'm playing a game of uh, a solo game of submarine. My my dad worked at the Portsmouth Naval Yard, uh, working on <laughs> on submarines. So I, you know, I got to I get oh, what's dad doing? He's listening to foghorns right now. Uh, and and that um, yeah that that memory you know. Uh, that multiple, uh, you know, coming from different directions. And the fog, and it's not a static sound because when, uh, when the fog uh, gets denser and, and uh, thinner, it attenuates the um, uh, high-frequency content of the foghorns more or less so they can sound mm -hmm. distant or close and these, they're overlapping. And then uh, and years later, when I discovered the music of Brian Eno, uh, music for uh, airports in particular, I realized, wow, I heard something like what Brian Eno is doing when I was a kid. That is um, quasi-random overlapping of um, simple sounds to make new compositions 
And and that's what eventually led to the tone therapy that you had mentioned. I love it. Yeah. You also had mentioned that you have a background in film. <laughs> I'm I'm really interested to to hear how this influenced you too. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah, uh, uh, and not on what people think of film, like as an actor or um, a producer or a director. Uh, I was uh, I spent 15 years on the much more plebeian but um, important uh, side of uh, exhibition sound. That is, when you go to the movie theater. There's a sound system there. And um, so I worked for a company that made uh, motion picture exhibition sound systems. Uh, we competed with Dolby. And uh, so I was doing um, uh, design, product design work, um, compressors, noise reduction systems, making the, the optical soundtracks sound better in the theater while still being compatible with the Dolby optical um, soundtrack noise reduction system. So. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time listening to um, the noise floor of optical soundtracks and the noise floor of magnetic tape. So I got really, really um, experienced at listening to uh, nothing. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> the really, sound of nothing, sound yes. Of, and, 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 I, and I really kind of fell in love with... Um, uh, the stillness and the purity, uh, really, really, it's like um, the lack of stillness. And this is an old John Cage experiment, uh, the American composer from the 1950s on. Uh, John Cage went to uh, an anechoic chamber. That's a place where there's no reflections in the room mm -hmm. uh, at Harvard and uh, just went in there to hear what it would sound like. And he said, well, there really is no silence. I hear my I hear my nervous system. I hear my blood pulsing. I don't know if he had tinnitus like I do. Um, so there's always some sound, but it, it becomes, these sounds are less, um, less intentional. And, it be, and uh, uh, there's, a, there's a, just a beautiful ambient life that occurs at 60 dB below the program levels. Uh, you know, one, one, the one millionth part of the sound is what a 60 dB down is. So um, I, w when I did this work, I realized that, you know, you can't be thinking and listening with intent attentively at the same time. Interesting. Okay. It's just not possible to do. You, you, you're either giving your full attention to what you're hearing or you're thinking about it or you're asking a question or you're judging it or... Right. And all of this stuff is what we try to address in meditative practices, uh, you know, to accept, to accept uh, that our thoughts are there and let them pass and then experience what is beyond thought. So I had, um, I put my 10,000 hours in of listening to nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess you learn a lot when you do that. <laughs> you know, doing nothing is really good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it certainly uh, stimulates the imagination, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and speaking of that, is that how you got interested in healing with sound? Or what first drew you into that? Um, I think that there were, there were two almost parallel paths in my life, but they were really a bit asymptotic. They were coming together very, very gently and almost imperceptibly. I've, I've always been interested in um, metaphysics, that is, the, the, what is beyond uh, 
the physical, what makes the physical appear and sure. in the way that it does. And, uh, and then this uh, interest in the physics of sound. Uh, so there were two, two near. I say nearly parallel. If you, if you can picture like, uh, oh, I know what it is. When you when you see a picture of railroad tracks uh, mm -hmm. receding into the distance, they appear to be converging at a at a point. Yeah. So I yeah. So I think these two rails um, of interest, that is the physical and the metaphysical, came together uh, about f six, five or six years ago when I rediscovered for the second time. Um, uh, a book by uh, a spiritual teacher, Eckhart Tolle, uh, The Power of Now. And at that time, um, a big life change for me, physical health problems, um, a deep depression. And um, I discovered that uh, the first time I, I had come across The Power of Now, I I remember saying, oh, yeah, Eckhart Tolle, he's one of those be here now guys. Ah, OK. And and just to explain to people who are listening, now is what you've called your tone therapy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's in part uh, homage to, uh, to um, Eckhart Tolle. We call it now sure. tone therapy, mm -hmm. like the present moment. But it's so also it's N period O W. Or, yeah. Sorry, O period W period, right? Like ne that's never again. Okay. Never again <laughs> yeah. will I make anything that has an ac an acronym for its name. <laughs> okay. You know how hard it is. <laughs> it's really hard to type that out. <laughs> I imagine it takes a little longer than just typing out now. <laughs> well, that, that's that's like the grand joke of this thing that it it it, it wanted its name to be so difficult that it would actually slow you down. Um, <laughs> Well, I guess right. you have to speak it then. <laughs> yeah, you just have to speak it. You can't type it. <laughs> yeah. So, so the um, that that interest uh, uh, discovering discovering um, the power of now and, and mm -hmm. Eckhart's uh, work uh, and really delving into that, and I really felt like, wow, this book is speaking to me personally. He wrote this for me. Well, th these are common problems, you know the the um, the power of the egoic mind to take over the and to supersede the true self. Um, and then um, about six months after I reconnected with the power of now, I, um, <clears throat> I, went, to, I went to Germany to go to the Frankfurt Music Messe show. It's, a, it's like a NAM show. It's like a, a, a music and gear, mm -hmm. musical instrument, music gear show for Europe. It's a big show. It's like the CES, but focused on musical instrument gear. Okay. In, in Frankfurt, wonderful show. And I went there just sort of to, to heal, um, not to buy anything, not to sell anything, just to be in the wonderful playground of an amazing um, conference and trade show. And uh, one afternoon on a Saturday or Sunday morning, I think it was actually it was a Saturday, uh, after the show had finished, I was sitting outside at a cafe, and the, the Germans are there are crazy about these little cakes. They have these tiny little petite <laughs> cakes uh -huh. that they love. They're all very colorful little things. And I was sitting there having a, a coffee and a, and a cake, and it was outside at the sort of the foot of the cathedral there in Frankfurt. And the bells were ringing for a long, long time. And it, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't Sunday, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a mass going on. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and it wasn't a holiday or any sort of um, feast day that I knew of, um, but it was going on for a long time. And I don't think it would be a, a, for a funeral, but whatever the cause was, the bells rang for gosh, a solid five minutes. And then they slowly started to slow down. You know, this is a, in a cathedral, there's a belfry with a lot of bells that they ring. Mm-hmm. And they, they gradually slowed down. And as they did, I remember hearing um, two bells ringing, then one bell ringing, and then no bells. And now just the, 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 the foot traffic on the street, German language, which I don't understand, um, mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the the ambient sound. And then, like out of the movies, it was a gray day, and then like out of the movies, the clouds parted, and then this beam of light came down. And I had this am- amazing experience of, like, I called it afterwards, my, my state of grace batteries getting, f- getting charged. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a real Satori moment, you know, and all of this happened within a three-month period of kind of, of reconnecting with uh, the power of now, and then having this experience in uh, Frankfurt, uh, mm-hmm. an audio experience, you know, it's, it's like an audio uh, Satori experience outside the cathedral. And um, not long after that, um, this intersection of, of, the met, of the metaphysical and the physical interest in, in the physics of sound came together. And I started to, to play Um and and it uh, something came in as an inspired thought, you know, revealing itself. So this whole this the so tone therapy, uh, the product what we call now called tone therapy, really um, kind of emerged more as an inspired thought, uh, rather than um, a, that the startup impetus. I need to um, disrupt uh, a certain uh, <laughs> space. Uh huh. Uh, with this solution, uh, here's a it, it, no. It was really I needed something for myself, you know, for my own for my own healing, in a way that would integrate. Right? I I think I think uh, I know that I had uh, labored under a sort of disintegrated personality, like compartmentalized, and and um, and I find that with um, this work in sound, the most my most recent work in sound, that I'm I'm feeling more integrated. That is the spiritual and the physical, all make sense within mm-hmm. this context in a way that it never had before. Um, it was like, well, I need to go to my day job and do be an audio product engineer, and then I can go out and make recordings on the side and you know, ambient location recordings, which is really a more internal. Um, uh, it, it addresses internal needs. Um, so, so I think, uh, gosh, I just feel really uh, blessed that uh, these. These two, the metaphysical and the physical, have come together in the way that they have over the past uh, uh, four years. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio-branding-strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website. 
and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while, totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now, back to the podcast. I love that. Yeah, the interesting experience of hearing those bells, it kind of reminds me of the tone therapy you're doing right now because doesn't it just make you focus on something else? Like yeah. I, yeah. Isn't that, you know, and then when you're done, it's like you can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it was, uh, it can be surprising, uh, yet familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, uh, so I think, I think uh, one, a challenge that many people have told us that they have with a mindfulness meditation practice, well, there's, there's two that we've heard. One is that it's not a safe space to be in. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't feel like a safe space to be sitting with stillness. Okay. I guess if you're used to constant movement, it's hard to, you know, slow yourself down. <laughs> yeah. And if, and if you have thoughts that, um, unexamined or you're or are not not welcomed and you're not used to uh, surrendering to a thought to let it pass so it can be uh there can be a a non-safe space associated with just sitting in stillness and the and the other that we've heard is that it's boring (laughs) (laughs) that would be something i would say (laughs) (laughs) that would be my complaint just just plain old boring (laughs) yeah <laughs> so, um, so I, you know, I kind of connected with uh, the fact that I had a job. I, I, being bored, being an, an audio engineer that was who was getting paid to listen to the the results of what I had designed and built, that was not an option about being bored. It was just my job to pay attention, listen, make notes, you know, test, um, measure, iterate, refine. Boredom, the boredom didn't come into it. So, and it also was a safe space for me because I was, I was used to listening. So, so we've we've in in tone therapy, we've got something that is both um, we've created a, a space which is both uh, safe and intriguing. So we 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 can solve the, the some of the discomfort problem with mindfulness meditation, and then we can also solve some of the boredom aspects of it. Well, I appreciate that part, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's different doors, you know. People come into a couple, either of those two doors. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so you have also said that um, that this tone therapy, like, actually does heal. I mean, like, it, what exactly does it do when you're listening to this? I mean, mm-hmm. I, you've you've told what problems you're solving to keep yeah. people listening, but what does it actually do for them? Yeah, uh, tone therapy is um, conveys truth, and when you hear truth as opposed to lies, uh, there is um, a deep uh, relaxation and acknowledgement of truth. I mean, we we want to be in truth. With, with ourselves and we want to be in truth with um, people we're in relationship with and when and when you're not that's where the dis-ease comes in so when we talk about healing let me let me let me make the special case for what what I mean by healing and, <laughs> sure yeah 
Um, I don't know that it heals broken arms. <laughs> well, no, I, 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 I wasn't suggesting that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, people <laughs> mental have healing. I'm thinking. Healing, you know, yeah, so, psychological. Uh, but, yes. Mm-hmm, yeah, but people do say that it lowers their blood pressure. So um, okay, a lot. If, and that could you, certainly help. Yeah, if you go on Amazon, you do a search and you say you know, like PTSD and mm. uh, blood pressure, like a lot of physiological things, um, conditions show up. But but when I think about healing. Um, I'm I'm talking about the healing of separation. Okay. Um, and the separation that occurs from uh, within a person as they get caught up in their egoic self—that is, the mind that is externally focused on uh, judging and evaluating and analysis—as opposed to the <clears throat> the true self, which is um, consciousness and aware of being aware. When you get separated from that, there is some dis-ease. And then this can manifest in, in the quality of your relationships. It can manifest in, um, has physiological manifestations as well. So, um, Well, like high blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, like high blood pressure is one. Uh, stress stress <laughs> yeah. and anxiety, you, sure. you know, just the, the all those physiological symptoms accompanying stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So, so... We, I think tone therapy works because it, it conveys truth, and it and it and it provides a path to to wholeness. And there's a couple of ways it does that. It's the tones are are specially um, tuned and referenced. That, so they're they're based on the harmonic series, and the harmonic series is just simply a, a, the number sequence that precedes one. Two, three, four, etc. If and if and in sound, if you strike a, a, a if you pluck a string, a tension string, um, let's say that, that string has a fundamental, the, the lowest tone of that string is tuned to 100 hertz. Let's say 100 mm-hmm. vibrations per second. As you pluck that string, a harmonic series is generated, and that harmonic series is generated in the in the ratios, uh, or in the series <clears throat> of 100, 200, 300. Now, th- those first three terms are really, really powerful metaphysically because um, you have, well, first of all, it's true. It, it's just like that's how God made it. You know, I okay, so that's God's... what you define as truth. Because I was going to ask you, like, what do you mean exactly by truth? What yeah, truth? yeah, <laughs> yeah. That when you pluck a string or you or you blow across a bottle, um, mm-hmm. the sounds arise in in um, uh, equal in in whole integer form. One, two, mm-hmm. three, and then the ratios of those integers: one to one is the unison; two to one is octave. Three to two is the perfect fifth. So now, now tone therapy uses tones derived from the harmonic series um, in uh, the very low order of of um, these ratios. There's a lot of unison in tone therapy. There's a lot of octave relationship, and there's a lot of perfect fifths heard. And when you hear these perfectly intonated, this is not a um, an equal temperament. A tuning system like what you would hear in uh, a piano that's a piano keyboard modern piano keyboard is set up so that you can play across m- modulate from key to key and some of the intervals in a on a piano keyboard are slightly out of tune 
from the um, harmonic series intervals to facilitate the performer or composer being able to make music that is modulates from key to key. So what we're talking mm -hmm. about is really a Pythagorean tuning, which is a, a purely harmonic based tuning. And when you and when the body hears that something happens that the, at an, like there's an ancient memory that goes, Whoa, I, that sounds familiar. I haven't, I don't hear that very much anymore, but I know that that's where I come from. And the minute you said that, I went to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> don't ask me why, but I was like, whoa. <laughs> okay. Did they, did they have a sound show or a sound <laughs> segment? Well, um, uh, they are trying to write the perfect song, so you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> just anyway, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah. Um, so 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 this would be like a purity then. So that's kind of what you're equating to truth. Yeah. Um, here's another truth. Um, uh, here's another truth, and then here's how it gets um, embodied in in uh, tone therapy. Okay. The, there is a truth that um, all forms in this world arise from nothing. Before the form was here, I'm, I'm looking at these cat food containers right on top of my desk here. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> okay. That I was uh -huh. going to I was going to try to use these cat food containers as um, to lift up my laptop and allow some more. Uh, fresh air to flow, but they didn't work too well. And I think, uh, you know, and I was worried about cooking the cat food. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Your cat so, wouldn't be happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he likes it cool. So uh, so these uh, these cat food containers, you know, before they existed, this is this is like so obvious that it almost to be like stupid, right? Um, before these, before these <clears throat> cat food containers didn't exist, before they were here, they didn't exist. So they came from nothing. And then all the materials that were needed to form them came together and then a process of molding and filling the food and putting the top on, all that kind of stuff. So it's a process to make something from nothing. Now, our, in our lives, we also emerge from where we had not been before. And now we're here. Our lives um, grow and change and then there is a, a dissolution and a winding down and then stillness again, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Mm -hmm. uh, this, is the, this is true of all forms. And, and of course, as the, the Buddha points out, um, you know, it's, it is our fixation on the impermanence of forms that gets us into trouble and um, it causes suffering. When, well, so, in the case of that uh, that cat food can, it might last a lot longer than <laughs> than we anticipate. <laughs> um, so that might sort of go against the grain there, but <laughs> but I get your meaning. <laughs> well, they could sit up. They do have a shelf life, you know. It says right here. I mean, this now that's a very interesting point, Jody, because um, this form says um, eight twenty four twenty twenty two. And so after that, I mean, that's a, that's a form with a fixed expiry date. Well, but that's the food inside, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pl the plastics. Now we know that like the, that'll we, last forever. <laughs> yeah, the, we got, we got, this is a problem with plastics. So the, yeah. the plastics should be made out of cornstarch, right? More of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
That would have a shelf life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that's another kind of truth that um, you know. Now, tone therapy is is a device that that plays mm-hmm. for only three minutes. It, it, it's, it's too, it looks like two little loudspeakers. Each one has an on button. You reach over. First, you have the intention. You reach over. You press the button on. Uh, there's an intentional uh, two-second gap before the sounds start, before the tones mm-hmm. start. And then the tones start to play and emerge and change and overlap. And then about three minutes later, they slow down like the, the church bells that I heard. And... Uh, and the then fading. return, yeah, fading, a long, yeah. long fade at the end, yeah. and and then they return to stillness again. So it, we have um, we have in this uh, tone therapy device a, a little analog model of um, a life cycle that is nothing, into which nothing comes a form. The form changes and evolves, and then the form goes away and returns to stillness, and nothing again. And then, I see. So yeah. a fundamental truth for us as human beings. <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay. the truth. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so so tone therapy because if it's and it can be and it can be experienced in only three minutes, uh, like a like a pop song, you know. So that's another reference. You know. So I grew up listening to AM radio pop music and like the sure. three minute the three minute time form. Yeah. Um, is really kind of seared into me. <laughs> yeah. Our attention spans seem to have been tailored to be that long <laughs> yeah i'm working on some 30 seconds some 30 second tone therapy stuff now um oh really yeah are you yeah yeah okay. we yeah because we have a we have a hunch that um the, uh, there are certain contexts i can't talk too much about this on the advice of my intellectual property lawyer but <laughs> sure, there yeah. are there are certain um contexts uh in which it would be helpful that if in a, in a group meeting, if the group could voluntarily uh, give themselves over to a shared listening experience for just 30 seconds, maybe, maybe a minute. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I know that you did that a couple of times with PodFest. Oh, yeah, and, right. So, yeah, right. like we had, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we had moments of stillness and listening to the tone therapy, which I think for a lot of people, they were really impressed by how how nicely it started off their day. <laughs> yeah, um, th- this is, uh, you know, when when people come together to give their attention, you know, intentionally come together to give their attention, that's a very powerful moment. And this is why people love to go to concerts. Mm, yes. Right? Um, well, there's many reasons I want to go, but also to have a group experience. And they're, they're, willingly, they're willing to do this. There's a suspension of disbelief. You're all in this together. In fact, there's a there's an uh, there's an organization called the IONS, which is the Institute of Noetic Science. This was founded by the astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who was the I think he was the sixth person to walk on the moon, mm. uh, Apollo 14. So he came back and had some sort of uh, spiritual experience in the command module on his way back, uh, and then and then began a serious. Uh, uh, inquiry into the intersection of um, a science and spirituality, and started this organization. So to to this day, now um, over forty years, um, they're exploring that intersection. And they did a very interesting experiment at Burning Man a couple of years ago. They they uh, used a device, software device called a random number generator. Mm-hmm. 
This is a device that is, um, once you start it, it just makes a, a continuous string of numbers that have no relation, no correlation to the last number or the next number, just purely random. And it's just like noise. If you were to listen to the output of this thing, it would just be like, just noise. Not, mm -hmm. not, not a pure tone. You know, a pure tone is a very, very correlated, um, uh, focused sound in, in one particular frequency. So they, they set up these... Um, they set up these random number generators around the Burning Man site and then uh, had them running leading up to and then just after the, the big burn of the, of the, uh, the man. And then they analyzed the, the data, uh, the output of these uh, random number generators, and found that leading up to the burn and just after that the random number generators had become slightly more correlated uh, their output became slightly more correlated that is an, had an identifiable signal uh, distinct from the background noise and the the supposition is that you've got a bunch of people all focused on the same event at the same time and they're actually influencing something mentally that should have continued to be a purely um, random event. I know that we're all dealing with a lot of stuff these days, so I particularly wanted to acknowledge those that have taken the time to leave honest reviews of this podcast, like Elaine Grant, who called the show insightful, practical, eye-opening. As a veteran public radio producer and host, she says, and now an entrepreneur running a podcast consultancy, I thought I knew about the world of audio. Truth is, I knew just a small slice of this big and important world. I've learned so much from every episode. I need to re-listen and furiously take notes. I can't recommend audio branding highly enough. Thank you for taking the time to leave your comment, Elaine. It means so much to me. And now, back to the show. Wow. So humans together can make yeah. make uh, sense out of chaos. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> kind of and interesting. That's, and that's healing. You know, well, this, we see patterns, right? That's yeah, that's what we do. And we, we love to look for patterns, and we and patterns are um, they're both surprising and they're comforting. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so hearing the tone therapy then is making sense out of the chaos <laughs> yeah yeah because one because we talked about the harmonic series so you're hearing the harmonic series so that that's one making sense uh, the other is you're hearing um a, a life cycle and sound in just three minutes sure um and then there's this uh this low frequency pulsation that happens um uh, Brainwave scientists would call these uh, brainwave entrainment frequencies. They're yes. low, fre low frequency pulsations that mm -hmm. um, can can drive or induce a similar response in the brains of the listener. Um, so there are a number of laboratories that have studied um, the brains of of uh, Tibetan monks as they're meditating to look at the at the brainwave frequencies, or what, what, what frequencies are present, what, what are the amplitudes of these frequencies, and they can generalize um, that, well, while doing a certain type of open monitoring meditation, these Tibetan monks produced a lot of theta range and the amplitude of such and such that is distinct from, again, background uh, noise. It's a correlated effect. So, so now tone therapy has, uh, through the use of um, 
pulsating amplitude pulsation of the of the tones themselves can can induce or drive a sympathetic response uh, in the brain. So it, it gets you it gets you into an open monitoring meditative state more quickly than you might be able to get to yourself. Um, and some experienced meditators have told us that um, it gives it gets them to a place in just three minutes that they would normally take 30 minutes of decompressing and coming into their center and deep breathing yeah Yeah. deep breathing other focus (laughs) methods sure yeah that's fantastic yeah uh i mean i love the idea of this and i've certainly talked to people who um work with binaural beats and and you know other um other tones and things like this that are meant to help people reach different levels of consciousness, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see this in an actual physical thing that you can like put on your desk and turn on. Like, I love that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, it's, um, you know, that's another thing. We wanted to help people take a little bit of time away, screen, t- you know, a break from screen time and a break oh, yeah. from the phone. Oh, um, especially now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's so old school, and this I think this probably goes back to my experience as a you know working with audio products and designer of audio products that I love the sort of one knob one function analog old school relationship. <laughs> yeah. Not not pull down menus. Yeah, yeah. Way so, too much to choose from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so there's not a lot of choice. Yeah. <laughs> no. That said though, that said though, I'm I'm curious. Are you ever going to add more than one tone to your your now product? Um, we are um, we're we're pretty far along the path of a of a line. I'm not going to call it a pivot, but because we're all we're committed to now tone therapy, the hardware sure. product. Um, mm-hmm. But we're doing a line extension. That would be software as a service, either a streaming service or uh, a downloadable app. And uh, that will be differentiated from now in a couple of ways. One is that it will have some additional tones that complement the original now tone therapy tones. And uh, it can have a user-selectable duration. Um, and oh, that's something, I see. Okay. Yeah, that's so you could lengthen that, the time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, but but it'll still be that that same uh, very pure, simple sine wave bell-like timbre, and and a, and a somewhat restricted vertical pitch range. So that that'll be that'll be similar. But what will be different is there'll be a little bit more uh, <clears throat> deeper tones. And then an adjustable user length. Um, we I were see. really, okay. yeah, we were really committed to the idea that <clears throat> this this three minute experience that um, that you could experience a, a complete life cycle of uh, emergence of form, changing form, dissolution of form in three minutes, and then start over. Uh, because there's a there's a there's a gosh there's a comforting okayness about that. Well, it doesn't take too much out of your day, and you can just experience something without needing to do anything. Yeah, yeah. And then at the same time, you know, I, I do respect that people have said, you know, I have a meditation practice or a yoga practice, and I would really like to use this. Will you please, please, please consider putting a switch on it that makes it longer? Yeah. And, and you know, and I, I don't want to do that with the hardware product. I want to honor what uh, what the hardware product is and have it always be that way 
like a work of art. And you know, we're not going <clears> to <throat> go and change, uh, revise a, a you know a historic work of art, but we can make <laughs> sure. new ones. We can make yes. new ones. And, and then the software version of that will will answer some of those questions in a way that uh, answer some of those listener requests in a way that I think um, honors both the request and honors what had come before. Yeah, I really like that idea. Yeah. And you had also mentioned that you were in the process of trademarking um, some of your iconic tone therapy clips, right? Now, was yeah. that for the app or was that for the hardware? And how is that going? This uh, this will be for uh, for the software as a service. Okay. Uh, and then and then any and then any 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 advertisements that we do, you know, like a, a the the splash screen at the end of a video ad with the logo appears. Well, there would be like um, like an Intel inside boom 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 boom. Okay. Yeah. You know something like or the old fashioned uh, the Microsoft or window or Windows or. Um, uh, Apple startup sounds, the, the lions roar, the MGN lion. These are all um, sure, yeah. These are all trademark sounds. They're not. They're not protected uh, only by copyright, which is one form of intellectual property protection. But um, a trademark, a, a sound, as it becomes associated with a particular use in commerce, can be protected itself, as uh, because it's it's, it's it's identified with the brand. So you're underway now doing that? Yeah, yeah. We've got the sound. This uh, Solu, the name of the company, Solu Brand Sound, that represents the brand in sound. At this point, I have to just simply uh, file the application with the U.S. Patent Trademark Office. I see. Okay, so that's underway. Yeah, that's underway, and and I believe it meets all the the criteria for what um, a trademark needs to be, mm -hmm. including including its use in commerce. Yeah, and certainly it'll be used in everything you do. I'm assuming. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time. <laughs>